Hello, and thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church podcast, now available on almost any platform where podcasts can be found. What you'll most often find here is our Sunday service sermon audio, but we'll also post bits and pieces of special services, events, and other things as they pertain to the life of the church. If you'd like to know more about what's happening here at Redeemer, you can visit us online at www.redeemermn.org or join us live Sunday at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube or Facebook. Just search for Redeemer MN or Redeemer Lutheran Church and locate the blue droplet icon. We're overjoyed at this opportunity to minister to you and to walk beside you as you begin to experience what it means to be the church. Let's dive in. Good morning. Wasn't that amazing to see all these kids up here, no matter what the age is? I just, uh, I'm one of those geeks that I still, when they gather the school supplies, I go there and I love to smell the new crayons and the pencils and (laughs) that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's enough about me. Uh, If you were with us last week, we traveled to the Sea of Galilee and learned that Jesus has always made time to be alone with his Father. And that as we go through the storms of life, Jesus comes to us and gives us faith, calling us to that, calling us to faith, not fear. And he brings us comfort. Isn't that wonderful? And peace, just through his presence. Uh, There's nothing like that. Well, today, we're on our last road trip. Uh, We're going to head to the mountains. Now, the actual location uh, of the mountain this week is not known, like last week when we actually knew it was the Sea of Galilee, but all three Gospels document them being on the top of the mountain together. So I've got a question for you. I want to see a show of hands here in the building. And online, um, you can just state what mountains you've been to. But if you've ever traveled through the mountains, I want to see your hand. How many of you have done that? All right. Well, I know that some of you even like to climb mountains. I have seen people put their hands on those little ledges and they just kind of keep going up and up and up. It actually makes me sick to my stomach even when I just watch it. But they absolutely love going to those amazing heights. And there's no fear, no fear at all do they have. Me on the other hand, I can actually be in a vehicle traveling on a road through the mountains, and I have got my knuckles are white from hanging onto the dash, and my eyes are shut, and I keep saying as we go on all these different grades, are we done yet? Are we done yet? That's how I travel through the mountains. But then there are other times when the mountains aren't so steep, and when you can just look across and you can see visually the beauty of God's creation. It's like a panoramic view as you look across. And those mountaintop experiences are breathtaking to us as we take that in. And we can also experience breathtaking mountaintop experiences with the Lord. Now, you might be sitting there wondering exactly what is a mountaintop experience with the Lord. So I'm going to give you my definition. It's any experience where you have an amazing encounter with Jesus that's etched, etched in your mind and in your heart. It's an experience of his grace that strengthens your faith. Maybe for you, it's been faith haven. Maybe for some of you in this room, it's been a trip to Tijuana, Mexico. Or maybe it's been a retreat that you've been invited to. Maybe it was right here in this very room in a worship experience that you had that mountaintop experience. 
Or maybe it has come to you when you've had uninterrupted time with the Lord in the Word. Or maybe it's happened when you've been out on a walk unexpectedly. You had that mountain time, mountaintop time with the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter what the location is, but there are no words to describe that exhilarating experience with the Lord. And I kind of wonder if for Peter, there was that same same sense of exhilaration when six days before, Jesus asked this question, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, others say that you're Elijah, and still others say that you're a prophet. But Jesus presses in, he presses in closer and he says, who do you, who do you say that I am? To which Peter answers, you, you are the Christ. Yes, this is who Jesus is. And then right after this exhilarating moment, Jesus shares some very shocking news with his disciples. He predicts his coming death and resurrection, and he prompts. This prompts Peter, you know Peter. He takes Jesus aside, and he starts rebuking the Son of God. Imagine that. Here's Peter rebuking the Son of God. And this is how Jesus responds to him. He says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Now, I would say that that's an intense conversation. Would you not? Have you ever been there? Have you been in an intense conversation? So sure that you were the one that was right and that everybody else were the ones that needed their minds changed? This week, as I thought about intense conversations, it brought me back in my mind to a particular experience that we had with our son in those growing years, and he was really struggling with one of his coaches. Keith and I have always taken the stance that our kids and their coaches' conversations are theirs. We don't get involved. So we encouraged Christopher that if he wanted to see things changed, that he was going to have to go in and talk with his coach. So he made up his mind that he was going to go ahead and do that. And the amazing thing that ended up happening, it changed the way this coach coached. And to this very day, he and my son keep in contact with each other. Now that's what came out of an intense conversation. Conversations change things. You know, today in our culture, it seems as if conversations are not being had with one another. Assumptions are being made about various topics, but no real listening conversations are taking place. Now, this is speculation on my part, but what would have happened? What would have happened if Peter had never been a part of that conversation with Jesus? Those words of Jesus were hard to hear. Get thee behind me, Satan. Who who would want to hear that? If that conversation had not taken place, Peter may not have ended up having his mind changed, and he may never have become that strong voice that he was for the Lord after Jesus' resurrection. So is there somebody that you need to have a conversation with? Is it someone in your family? Is it your spouse? Is it one of your kids? Is it somebody that's in your neighborhood? Is it somebody that's in the Redeemer family? Or maybe for you, it's somebody in the sports community that you're involved in. Will you humble yourself and have the conversation which Jesus will guide you in? He'll be there with you in that conversation. 
He'll give you the exact words that you need, and he'll actually give you ears that listen so that the truth can be revealed. I know it's hard to do, but truth can be revealed. Well, Jesus also wanted those around him to continue to hear that truth. And he calls his disciples together along with the crowd and shares if anyone would come after him, they should deny themselves and take up their cross. Remember, they were all expecting an earthly king. And they were so sure that Jesus was that earthly king. So how could he be talking about denying yourself and dying? So much for them to process. But as always, Jesus is way ahead of them. And he's ahead of us, too. He always makes provision for those mountaintop experiences in life. And so what does Jesus do? He takes with him Peter, James, and John, and he leads them up to the mountaintop by themselves. Now, the intent of them going up there was that they were going to spend some time in prayer. And while Jesus is praying, the Gospel of Luke tells us that Peter and the other two disciples were really sleepy. But they didn't stay that way very long. As Jesus was praying, he was transfigured, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Now talk about that kind of a mountaintop experience. Here's Jesus, whom they have been doing everyday life with and learning from, and now he's transfigured right before them. You know, the word transfigured in the Greek is metamarpo, to change in a manner visible to others. There are only two other places in the Word of God where that's mentioned. The first one is in Romans 12, 2, where it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And the second place is 2 Corinthians 3. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Transfigured with ever-increasing glory. This experience for the disciples is very different than an illustration I want to share with you. Keith and myself in our neighborhood uh, years ago, we had a little boy that uh, we always loved to watch what he was doing. He now is an amazing young man, but he used to dress up as a superhero every single day. And he'd run across his yard, and the cape would be flying, and all the neighbors would be in anticipation of wondering who Scotty was going to be the next day. And so whether you were driving in the neighborhood or out of the neighborhood, your eyes were transfixed on the hill because you wanted to watch with anticipation to see who the superhero was that day. Scotty really believed that he was that superhero that was displayed on the outside of him. But guess what? Inside, he really was still Scotty. You know, Jesus had always been eternal on the inside and the outside. And it's almost as if for that moment, the veil that's between this earth and the heavenlies was raised. So for that moment, they were able to see the eternal glimpse of Jesus' glory. He was more than the disciples had ever seen up until this point. And the mountaintop experience didn't end there. It just keeps going. 
Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah, and they're talking with Jesus. Don't you think it's interesting that they knew who those two people were and they'd never met him before? They'd never met him. Yes, they recognized Moses and Elijah. Moses, he was representative of the law, and Elijah was representative of the prophets. And now the law and the prophets of the Old Testament, yes, they point to our sin problem that only Jesus has a solution to. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus even shared he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. But could the reason, could the reason be that the, they knew who those two men were is because they were listening, listening to the conversation that was taking place. The Gospel of Luke shares that Jesus, Moses, and Elijah were talking about Jesus' departure from earth. Now their departures from earth were very different. Moses was buried by God himself and no one knows where that grave site is. And Elijah, well guess what? He never even saw death. He was taken up in a whirlwind into heaven. But Jesus' departure would be very different. There would be a death, a resurrection, and an ascension. Well, back on the mountaintop, there are different responses to this glory that Jesus revealed. First, Peter says, oh, Lord, uh, it's good for us to be here, don't you think? Let's just put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I think Peter was saying that he wanted to stay on the mountaintop. It was so good on the mountaintop. He wanted to stay in that moment of exhilaration. You know, I think that can happen to each and every one of us when we have a mountaintop experience. We just want to stay in it. We don't want to leave. We don't want to go back to everyday living. But it is the mountaintop experiences that encourage us and strengthen our faith to keep going and pressing forward in life. And added to this experience for the disciples was God's response to them. They were enveloped in a bright cloud. And these are the words that they heard. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Now, there's no deny, denying who Jesus was. Listen to him. The disciples had been listening to all of his teachings, but they weren't completely open to the meaning of all that he had revealed to them. You know, I don't think I'm much different than the disciples in regard to listening. I'm not always open to everything that I hear from the Lord, but thanks be to God that he hasn't left me alone and he hasn't left you alone. He's given you the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to prompt you. The Holy Spirit, who is the one that, that his ultimate purpose is to glorify Jesus. And that spirit makes Jesus' words known to you and to me. And he guides us into all truth, and at the same time, he continues to be transforming us into the image of Jesus. Imagine that. While you're sitting here right now, the Holy Spirit continues to transform you and you and you into the image of Jesus. 
You know, many that are here and, and those online this summer took the Bible study, Jesus in Me, that was on the Holy Spirit. And my prayer really is that each and every one of us will continue to grow in that area and will be able to listen with our entire being to everything that's revealed to us. And as the disciples listened and heard God speak, physically they fell face down on the ground and they were terrified. Was there being terrified because they really didn't understand? Was it a response of worship? Or was it a healthy fear? A healthy fear of having a reverence for God? You know, as a believer, we don't need to be afraid of God. We do not. Since we are told that once we know and are in that intimate relation, there is absolutely nothing Nothing that can separate us from that love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. I tend to fall in the camp that their response was to the presence of God, who's holy. But no matter what the reason for their falling down, we see Jesus' response to them. He responds to them in that moment. What does Jesus do? He goes to them. He touches them. He says, get up and don't be afraid. And when they looked up, all they saw was Jesus. Listen again to Jesus' response to the disciples. He touched them. He told them to get up. He said, do not be afraid. Interesting, isn't it? that when they looked up, all they could see was Jesus and everything had gone back to normal. The cloud was gone. They didn't hear the voice of God. Moses and Elijah had vanished and Jesus appeared normal to them. But they were changed. They were changed in their hearts and their minds forever. They would have that experience in their mind and their heart. And then Jesus instructs them to come down from the mountain. And Jesus instructs us to come down off our mountain top experiences. Those experiences will continue to help us go step by step in our faith. But most of life, I'm sure many of you know this, you don't have to be told this, but most of life is lived either on the slope of the mountain or in the valley. It's interesting that after they had experienced this, Jesus said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I don't know about you, but don't you wonder if it was hard? for the disciples after having had this amazing mountaintop experience. Nothing should be said. I don't know, I think it would have been hard. But then again, maybe it wasn't. Since Jesus was still helping them understand and prepare for all that was ahead of them. And then once after his death, his resurrection, and then right before his ascension, Jesus shares these words with them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, that's for us today. Those aren't just words that are in here. We are called, each and every one of us, to be his ambassadors, to take his message everywhere we go, making disciples along the way. So do you know your story, how he's worked in your life? All you have to do is share your story. Your story is precious. You may be sitting there thinking, well, I don't have much to share. You do. You are precious to the Lord and your story is precious. It's your story. He's given it to you. And there is someone, I guarantee you, in your sphere of influence that needs to hear your story. So I encourage you to take the time, if for no other reason for yourself, to write down what your story is and look at all that the Lord has done in your life. Depending on your age, that's going to be a longer story for some of you than others. But I encourage you to look at that and come up with those bullet points or whatever it is and write them down. And then maybe you're going to want to put them on a card. That's something that I've done is put it on a card. You know, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to have a long conversation with someone. When you're out shopping, you may just observe a situation, but you're not going to be able to have the time to talk to them or not, they aren't, may not be open to that conversation. But you can walk by and hand them this card with your story. What they do with that, that's theirs. But you've shared your story with someone. It's important. Every single one of your stories. Remember, God uses both mountaintop and everyday experiences to grow our faith. And here again is that verse I mentioned earlier from 2 Corinthians 3. And we all who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes I've been out somewhere and I run into somebody and I can just tell that they're a believer by the way they're handling themselves. Maybe it's the way they smile. You can tell. And I know others of you have had that experience too. The Holy Spirit continues to transform us into that image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. And I think that's what we see when we have those encounters, is the glory of the Lord. The most exciting part of our story is, and I know you've heard me say this before, this life, it's not about us. It is not about us. It's about God himself and his eternal plan. You know, the disciples never forgot that experience that they had that day with Jesus but they were more about God's eternal plan. And so we hear from John, who was up there on that mountain in the first chapter of the book of John. He says, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And then good old Peter. In 2 Peter, 
He's calling on believers to be strong in their faith despite the false teachings that they're hearing. And these are the words that he shared. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were on the mountain, the sacred mountain, with him. See, it doesn't matter, my friends, whether we're in the wilderness or we're on a lake or on the mountaintop. Jesus is right there with us. He's encouraging us along the way. He's faithful to us in the wilderness, on the lake. He's replacing our fear with faith, and he's giving us the graces of mountaintop experiences to relay eternal truths to us of this amazing eternal plan that he has for each and every person. He loves us that much. He's got a plan. So I encourage you, look out from the mountain. Look out and take in everywhere you go that panoramic view of what our Lord God Almighty is doing. Because he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you. What a great God. What a great God we have. Please join me in prayer. Father God, I am awed by the amazing love that you have and you demonstrated to that to us and that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us so that whether we're in the wilderness or we're on the lake or we're on the mountaintop, we know that you're with us and you give us these amazing promises that you will never leave us and that you'll never forsake us and Life doesn't get any better than that. So Father, I pray that you would continue to transform us, transform us more and more into the image of your Son. And Father, there's an excitement and an anticipation um, as we think of that, because for each and every one who knows you, Lord, there is going to be a day where we are going to get to see you face to face. Um, we're going to see that glory. That glory is going to be everywhere. And Lord, um, we can't wait. We can't wait. But until then, until that takes place, I just pray, Lord, that we would be your ambassadors, sharing that amazing love that you have for each and every one. Because we know it's your desire and you get, translate that to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that everyone would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so I would ask, Lord, that you would keep giving us that grace to be able to be those ambassadors to talk about you. And the powerful and the very precious, precious name 
of Jesus the Christ, we pray. And all God's saints everywhere said, Amen. Thank you so much once again for listening to our podcast. If you experienced something special today or connected in a special way with something that you heard, don't keep it a secret. You can reach out and share directly with one of our staff at redeemermn.org leadership, or you can share this episode of the podcast across your own social media. We look forward to the opportunity to connect with you. Until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful day.